Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today. Speak to us as we dive into this message. And Lord, I pray that you will deal with all of us about what we can do, uh, not, just, not, not just giving our resources, but giving our lives. What can we do? What can we offer you, Lord, as we, as we study this in Christ's name? And everybody said, now we talked about the mission of Faith Co. Church, but what we found out is nothing has the power to change the world like generosity. Well, that, one of our statements of our mission statement is that we want to reach the world. And what we have found out is nothing has more impact to reach our world than generosity. A scripture passage, did you know that there is a scripture passage in the New Testament that is specifically designated towards rich people? Look at this. It's in 1 Timothy 6 and 17. You guys have it up there? First, yeah. Okay, so I want you to read along with me, okay? This is, now, this is not for everybody. This is just for rich people, okay? Check this out. He says, read this with me. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Teach them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. So who is he talking to again? He's talking to rich people. And I got to thinking about that. How do you know if you're rich? Where's the line of that? What does that look like? I mean, if I were to, if I were to step out into the congregation and I say, do you consider yourself rich? Well, probably not. But I was thinking about where is the line? So what I decided to do is I put together some uh, economic stats and some things that I've, I've read and put those together to see, you know, some people view some people as being rich and some people aren't rich. So here's numbers for rich people and people that may not be rich. This might be an indicator, okay? Check this. 1.1 billion people in the world live on less than a dollar a day. 1.1 billion. If you make at least $45,000 a year, you are in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. 3% of the world's population owns a car. 3%. So from the world's standards... I've heard people, just as, as we're thinking about who are the rich people in this world, from the world's standards, I've heard people from other countries speak like this of our lifestyle in the United States. They say things like, hey, there are people in the world or there are people in the West that are so rich that in their house, each person in that family has their own room. That's how rich these people are. There are people so rich in the world that they have a separate room in their room that is just designated for their clothes. That's how rich these people are. There are people in the world that are so rich that they don't just have one or two, but they have like four or five pairs of shoes. And they might wear two different pairs of shoes in a week. That's how rich these people are. They have, uh, uh, there are people so rich that they actually might have more than one car they sometimes have two cars in the same house. And get this, they have a house for their cars. That's how rich these people are. These people that I've heard of are so rich that they have food for their dogs. 
and their pets. And get this, their pets actually have their own doctor. That's how rich these people are. I think you get my point. There's nothing in this passage that we just read. There's no passage anywhere in the Bible that we should feel guilty about the blessings of God. Why is that? Because as we read in Deuteronomy a few weeks ago, God gives us power to have wealth. God gives us the blessings that we have. So never, ever, ever fall for the lie that, that the enemy will try to spread on us that we should feel guilty for any blessings you should, you should feel blessed that God has given you favor to have the blessings of God. But Paul does do this. He says, hey, don't just be rich. Live enriched lives. How many of you know there's a difference? Just because you're rich does not mean that you live an enriched life. He says this, and, I, and there's so much to unpack in these verses that I don't have time for because of what I want to present at the end of this message. But what I do want to tell you that Paul says is he says, the thing about rich people, and hopefully by the things I've talked to you that we all know because of where we live and because what we have the opportunity for that we are the rich, I believe, that, that Paul gives advice to people who, if we're not careful, will fall into a couple of traps. And he says, first of all, you have to be careful about your pride. It's easy for rich people to be prideful. So what he's saying is make sure that you stay humble. How do you stay humble? You realize that it all comes from God. Here's another thing. Is there anything more attractive than a person that is well-resourced that is also very humble? That a person that doesn't take themselves too seriously. Here's another thing, and this is where we land today. He says, when it comes to the rich, he says, you have to be careful about where you put your trust. You have to trust God. Don't put your trust in something in this world. Don't put your trust in the resources of this world because those things will pass. It is important to put your trust in God who gives us true life or eternal life. Which leads me to what I want to talk to you about today, the kingdom financial principle. Number three, we talked about why we give. Uh, two weeks ago, we said number one is to remember God. Number two, the reason why we give is to honor God. And today we're talking about this, that we give because we trust God. We trust God. We don't give because we're haphazard givers. We don't, we don't just go to church and, for lack of a better term, wahoo our money. That's not what this is about. We're, we're strategic in our giving, but we trust the Lord with our lives and with our resources. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 10, it says, For God is the one who provides. I want to read that again. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide and increase. Provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. The Apostle Paul was talking to a church in Corinth and he was saying that if you will let God allow you, if you will grow in the area of giving, not only will God provide for you, but he will provide an increase so you can be prepared to be a generous giver. Blessing comes through trusting God in every area of our lives. And I, I, I believe that a lot of times that we trust God in some area of our lives, but not in all the areas of our lives. A lot of times we depend on ourselves too much in the area of our resources, but, but really trusting God is obeying God enough to follow him. Do we really trust God with our resources? If we really trusted God, we wouldn't be nervous about giving all of the time. But here's what I want you to understand. God does not need our money. 
Now, we say this a lot when we come to church. It, when you give to the house of the Lord, it's giving to God. But I want you to understand that God does not need our money. That's, that's, that's comical to think about that, that, I'm, that, that God needs my cash. I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to give God my cash because, you know, God needs some cash. That's not what that means, and I do not have time to go into this. But it's not that God needs our money. It's just that God does two things. The first thing that he wants to do is he wants to produce something in us as givers. He wants to show us, and, and the, the first work is to teach us to be generous because he wants us as his children to be generous. That's the first thing. He wants to produce something in you, but also he wants to produce something through you. So what happens is as we give to God through the church, it teaches us to be generous. And what that does, it combats the greed in our lives. We have a tendency to move towards greed if we're not careful. So as we give, as we release resources from our lives, it produces a heart of generosity in us, and we have to be consistently generous in order for that cycle to continue. But what he does is when, when we give towards the church, which is his bride, it multiplies. Not, we don't give towards the bride, the church, so the church can just do better. It's that the church can be resourced because God multiplies all the things that happens, and we send it into the community, and into the world, and it blesses the church. And like Baylor was saying earlier, it, it, it funds the kingdom work and grows up kids in the house, and, and, and people are saved. Was it last week that we baptized five or six people? That is life change. Folks, I don't know if you realize that, but people that were on their way to hell are now on their way to heaven because they gave their life to Christ. Are you with me on that? That's huge. That's why we're here. That's why I started pastoring, because I wanted to see people saved. But, there, but there's so much more that happens. So God doesn't need our money. He just has a purpose for it. And the purpose has to do with you, and the purpose has to do with his bride and what he wants to do through the bride, his church. So imagine that what we just read, imagine living According to that, like it's like, like I believe and I trust God so much that, that, that this is true, that God provides our resources. Imagine really believing that it all came from God. Imagine believing that God increases our resources, that he just doesn't provide, but he increases it as we have a heart to be generous. And then God enriches our resources. He makes us wealthy. And then this cycle is created where God fulfills his mission through his church. And it all starts with individuals and families. What an incredible thing that God wants to do. Remember, giving to his house is not a requirement. It is an invitation. It is an invitation. We don't live according to the Old Testament law. You don't have to give. But you're invited to give in the New Testament. And the Bible teaches that there is blessing tied to what we do. Remember this, verse 10. It says he will provide and increase our resources. Pastor, why are you saying this? Because you want a big offering uh, at the end of this service? Yeah, how did you figure that out? No, I'm not saying it because of that. I'm saying it because of what, what God wants to do in your life. Do you know that we, the church was making it a long, a long time before we were here, right? A long time before I started pastoring, God was resourcing his church through his people. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm considering what God wants to do in my life. This is a work that God is doing in my life. I talked to our prayer meeting today about what God is doing in my life financially. See, here's the deal. We don't believe in giving to get. 
That's not why I'm talking about this. I'm, and I never want you to say, well, I'm going to give more offering so God will sow back into my life. I, if, if we give to get, that makes money our motive. We are principle-centered givers. Why do we give? To remember God, to honor God, and to trust God. And all the other things come. The blessing comes. The resources come. God takes care of us. My life is, a, is proof of that. We believe in that. When it comes to giving, Malachi 3 and 10 says, hey, why don't you try me? See what I will do. So what I want to do as in my life is I want to be strategic in my giving. I want to be strategic in my giving. I, I, I've heard people say, well, it, it doesn't matter where we give. It doesn't matter how much we give. It doesn't matter. All, the only thing that matters is we give. Don't worry about that. I couldn't live that way. I couldn't give that way. I got to know that what I'm given to is trying to change the world. And that's, that's, what I, that's why we started a church. We want to make a difference, not only in building the kingdom, but we want to make a difference in our mission. And we, this is why we started Bikes for Kids and why it's growing into something else, because we want to make a difference in our world. It's not, it's not enough just to give and whatever happens. I want to know that it's fertile ground because I want to return in blessing in my life. Uh, the church, remember this, you've heard me say this before, the church is not a charity. The church is his God-ordained mission. Here's the point. Tithing and giving, it's always been God's plan to empower his house to fulfill her mission. That's what it's about, to fulfill her mission. But there's a promise tied to it that God will resource us as we provide for it. And something that I didn't know until I started pastoring, I did not understand this, until I, until I was five years into pastoring, that God gives some people with a special gift to give. And this is in 2 Corinthians 8 and 7. Look at this verse. It says, since you excel, he's talking to the church at Corinth, and he's talking about their spiritual gifts. He's talking about what, how they serve and, and what they do. Some of you've got talent for this, and some of you've got gifting for this. And he's saying, since you excel in so many other ways, he says, in your faith, he says, you, you have gifted speakers, you have people with gifted knowledge, your enthusiasm or your passion and your love from us. I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Man, when I, when I caught onto that, I began to pray, God, that's what I want for my life. I want to excel. I don't just want to get by in my giving. And I, listen, I don't ask you guys to do anything that I don't do myself and that I lead in. So when I'm challenging us to give or I'm challenging us for all these things, I do this myself even when it is a sacrifice. I believe in this. I believe in what God's doing. But this is a prayer that I, I pray for myself every single Monday. I want to excel in the gracious gift of giving. And there, there, there are some who excel in this, this act of giving. And I got to thinking about that. What if God wants to use me or what if God wants to use you in, that, in, in your gift of giving? In the same way that some people excel in preaching or some people excel in music, some people excel in serving, some people have a gift to work with kids, I'm not so sure I have that gift. I'm pretty sure I don't. But some people excel in different areas in hospitality. What if, what if God wants to use you, or, and I'm praying that God will use me, to excel in the gift of giving, to make a difference as far as resourcing the kingdom of God? I've had people say to me before, hey, Pastor, 
you know what? God has blessed me so much. I have everything that I need. If, I mean, God could give me more, but I have everything that I need. Do you know what? I can, I can say the same thing about my life. I have everything that I need. Now, there are a few things that I want an upgrade. You know what I'm saying? I, I'd like to have a few upgrades, but if you said, Travis, what do you need? What do I need, babe? I don't need anything. I'm probably a little bit less of my stuff. I probably need to weed out. So I don't need anything, really, I don't, as far as need. Want? Uh, need? No. But I got to thinking about that. I don't have everything that I need because if I, you know, I, I, I want God to use me in a greater way. It's kind of like I don't have everything that I need in order to sponsor 100 kids for bikes. You hear what I'm saying? Well, Travis, I have everything that I need. I don't think that you do because the church ain't paid off yet. You see what I'm saying? Here's what I'm saying. You don't, you don't I'm not saying... I'm not saying that you have the resources to do it. I'm saying that what if God wants to use you? Can you open up your heart and mind to think, hey, if God does resource me, if God does resource me, if God does pour blessings into my life, I'm going to make a difference financially for the kingdom of God. Travis, I have everything that I need. That's what I think, but, but when I really think about it, I'd like to resource the church in such a way that no kid ever has to miss camp in another summer again. That, we, that, that no kid ever has to miss vacation Bible school because they don't have $35 or whatever. And so on and so on and so on. That when you're going to be seeing a guy from, from Cambodia next month, Sokhan, that he, he texts me, he, he, he messages me all the time with pictures of, there, it's constant flooding in Cambodia. There's constant need. They need clean water. Do I have everything that I need? Yeah, to live my life here. But I don't have everything that I need to fulfill the kingdom of God. I could completely solve issues in so many other parts of the world if I had more of what God had for me. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray and believe that God's going to use you. Are you with me? Okay. We, we're rich. We have everything that we need in this life, okay? I mean, if you, if you can't, there, you have the opportunity here. But there's more to be done through the kingdom of God, right? So I just, I, I'm, I'm, I am never asking anybody for anything. That's not what this is about. This is about to begin to think differently about the possibility of what God can do in our lives. I am praying for this. I am praying, God, give me resources, and I am working towards one of these days where the, the, I, I no longer have a salary from this church, and everything that comes through the church doesn't go to bills, but goes to the mission of the church. We ain't there yet, but we're going to be there one of these days. Amen? But we got to start thinking that way, that God is going to, not, not, not so it's a sacrifice, but God's going to resource us and bless us to the extent that this is the cry of our hearts. He says, I want you to excel in this gracious act of giving. I was thinking about this. Excel, would you say that, I, Travis, you excel? Well, I probably get about a C plus. I'm pushing for an A plus. You know what I'm saying? I want to excel in that. Hey, uh, before I close, I want to show you something. Um, in 2022, when we talk about all the things that we get to, I want to show you a few things. If you guys want to skip down, I want to first talk about uh, Cambodia when we talk about love gives, when we talk about, this is, I always get this name, Evangelical Mission Assembly. I just call it EMA. And this is 
Pastor Sokan, I don't see him in here, but he's, he messaged me and he will be here in January and you will get to meet him. And I have never seen anybody more effective in reaching a entire small country than what he's doing. He oversees 155 churches. I had to write everything down. Um, he oversees 155 churches. He has a, a church ministry leadership program for starting churches, uh, obviously evangelism. Uh, he has uh, children's homes. Uh, he has children's feeding programs every single week. Some of them are every day. He has community preschool. He has a water well project. Uh, he has uh, food relief. He has disaster relief. And uh, he has, he's got a church building project going on right now. So this is, this is just when he comes down and, and hangs out with us, I'm going to interview him. You're going to get to meet him and his wife, Esther. But when I went over there, about last time I was over there was about nine years ago. I could not believe what God was doing through him. And, and one thing is I'm very careful about who we support. If I have not met them, if I haven't visited to where they are. So that's SOCON and that's EMA. The next ministry that we support is uh, our mission to El Salvador. And this is Pastor Rick and his wife, Kim. I don't know if we have them up there. No, uh, there he is right there. You can see him right there. This, he is one of the most unique guys that you will ever meet. And we, he invites me all the time. Pastor, I want you to go preach with me in Mexico. I'll pick you up at the board and we'll drive south. And I'm like, I don't think God's leading me to do that. <laughs> you know, I just, he told me, here's what he, let me just finish what I'm saying. He has uh, uh, churches and mission work in El Salvador, Mexico, and Spain. And he is, he t when I last talked to him, he called me. He said, Pastor, I want you to go with me. I'm, I'm about to be able to go into Poland and Ukraine. You can go with me. And I'm like, I don't think God's leading me to go to Ukraine right now. <laughs> but you know what I can do? I can send him. We can send him. Are you with me? So this guy is just on fire. He, he cares nothing about his safety, and that's why I don't like to hang out with him that much. But, yeah, and he's just like El Salvador, one of the most dangerous places in the world, one of the most dangerous. He's like, oh, it's not dangerous down here. We know these guys. They take care of us. You know, I'm like, okay. But um, anyway, One Life Ministry for students who are training to do mission work, and we do bikes for kids. When we go there, we've given away like 150 bikes when we go there. Also, Hope House, Jim and Janelle Hamilton are with us. What's cool about this is uh, you guys have been doing that since 2005. Is that correct? And how many, how many kids, let me back up and let's start all over, okay? In Malawi, Africa, it's, is it an orphanage? Or it's what? It's orphan care. And how many kids are you guys ministering to? I couldn't hear. 293. Well, when I wrote this down last year, it was around 250 or 260, so it's, it's growing. And uh, I, I think that, if I'm correct, I think Faith Co. Church sponsors 17 children there. And uh, if you correct me if I'm wrong, not here in front of everybody, but later on. But <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> okay. But we, okay, so we, they send us pictures of updates from the kids every single year. Uh, uh, is it still $20 per kid or is it more? Okay. Nineteen kids. <laughs> so I told you I was conservative, um, but I mean we get to do that, and uh, we spot we sponsor them by the year, and we get to see their pictures, and uh, I, I mean this this is uh, uh, some picture, but we actually have individual children that we get the pictures, and and uh, we have one person 
uh, they're not here today, that actually, I think that they themselves, through our church, sponsor 10 kids by themselves. So uh, uh, Hope House Orphanage, hopehouseorphancare.com, or you also have a Facebook page. I'm so glad you guys are here today to straighten me out. So, uh, and then, of course, our Bikes for Kids. This will be our 16th year. 16th year, over 10,000 letters, <coughs> excuse me, 10,000 letters sent out to 20-plus schools. Um, we might have, you know, if, unless something happens, we might have to uh, decrease the amount of schools because of the need is growing so strong. We're trying to do something where we never ever have to turn a kid away, but we partner with businesses in the community. I had the opportunity to meet with uh, Kiwanis, and I've met with some other organizations. We've given away over 7,000 bikes. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> 7,000 bikes since 2006. People usually clap when I say that. All right, we give them helmets, coats, shoes, Bibles, toys, and we've got some plans about the future. We have other local missions. We have Shawnee Rescue Mission, Glenn Blankenship's not here, which uh, that is uh, 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 recovery. Um, we have, we gave churches, we gave other churches in the community offerings. We gave one church that was starting a new church. We helped them buy their sound system this year. And on and on, there's so many other things I don't have time to do all this. But here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you. During this season of Love Gives, which goes all the way through December 31st, I want you to pray every single week about what God wants you to do. I don't want you to feel any pressure. I, nobody gains over that. I don't want you to feel any pressure. I want you to think about it, pray about it, and I want you to give your best gift before December the 31st. Now, if, if it happens today, it helps us with bikes for kids, but I want you to know that I believe, and I'm going to pray over this here in just a second, that God is going to use us in a significant way. And this is going to be a difference in some of our lives because I believe that God is going to use some of us in our gift of giving, and today is going to be a difference for you. Today is going to be a difference maker in your life because of what you've heard and how you respond. If you believe that, say amen. So what I want to do, I want to pray for you before I close. And I want to pray over this envelope. If you'll just hold this in your hand. Even, even if you're not giving today, I don't, I don't care about that. I just want you to hold it in your hand because it represents, it's a symbol of something. It's a symbol of us. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for every person that gives. And I thank you, Father, for the opportunity that we have to give. The reason we can give is because we have a generous Heavenly Father. Everything comes from you. Whatever we do and wherever it goes and whatever it supports, Lord, that I know that we'll be multiplied, but I'm praying today for people that are thinking about their gift of giving. As we have been challenged today, certainly, Lord, we're not trying to pressure anybody into anything, but we want to challenge people because of what you I believe you want to do in the lives of people and what you want to do through people to your church, for your church. So I pray, Lord, that as each person gives, it will be multiplied and it will produce a fruit, an outcome that blesses wherever it goes. I first want you to bless the resources of those who give. Bless the resources of those who are given by faith that are, that are challenged today, bless them as they give. And Lord, I pray that you will do exactly what your word says, that you will provide 
and you will increase so we can be prepared to give. Bless us this season of love, uh, of love gives, Lord. Bless this holiday season as we give. Let no one go without. And may we honor you with our giving today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys.